You're listening to The Shepherd's Voice, featuring the Roman Catholic Archbishop of Singapore, Archbishop William Goh. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, on the solemnity of the Ascension, we could be tempted, like the apostles, staring, gazing at the sky as Jesus rose into heavens. And we could be doing this like the disciples, if we are trying to figure out what it meant for Jesus to go up into the heavens, because beyond the heaven we know is outer space. And so some people wonder, was Jesus physically lifted up from the earth and went into the heavens? Or some of us could be more speculative to recognize that in the scriptures there are discrepancy as to whether Jesus went back to his father after 40 days or soon after the resurrection as recorded in the Gospels. Was this 40 days symbolic or was it exactly 40 days later that Jesus ascended into heaven. And again, where did Jesus ascend? According to Luke, it's at Bethany. According to the other gospel and the Acts, it's at Mount Olivet. So we find all these discrepancies. So instead of gazing at all these details, what is even more important for us is to understand what is the true message of the evangelist? It is clear that on the Feast of the Ascension, the church is preparing us to launch the work of evangelization as commanded by our Lord. For he told the disciples that they will receive the Holy Spirit and they will be witnesses not only in Jerusalem, but throughout Judea and Samaria, and indeed to the ends of the earth. In today's gospel, Jesus instructed the eleven to go out and proclaim the good news to all creation. So the focus on the solemnity of the ascension is really the mission ahead of us as his disciples. We are to continue the work that Jesus had begun. But my dear brothers and sisters, this work cannot yet begin until we are formed. That is why Jesus told the disciples, do not leave Jerusalem yet but wait for the Holy Spirit to come down upon you. The 40 days when Jesus was on earth, he was already forming them for the mission ahead of them. And the 10 days 
after the ascension was a time for the disciples to enter into deep prayer so that they could receive the Holy Spirit to empower them for the mission. So clearly, the work of formation entails two things. Not just doctrinal and spiritual formation. It is a formation that comes through prayer. Intense prayer. And this is the failure of a good number of our Catholics. After baptism, and now we are finishing completing the stage of mystagogia for those newly baptized, they are keen to serve in the church, in the ministry, which is certainly admirable, noble, and the right thing. But unfortunately, most of them are still ill-formed in their faith, whether doctrinally or spiritually. And they will be casualties in the battle ahead of them. We have too many untrained soldiers in the church fighting for Jesus. The sword of secularism will kill them because they will not be ready to confront the challenges, the oppositions of the world. They will not be ready to give a reasonable answer for their beliefs in Christ, for the truth of the gospel. And this is the sad situation that many of our Catholics have. They think that serving in the ministry, making the church vibrant, full of activities, Itself is the mission. These are means, not the end. Are we clear of what we are called to do? And it's very important because the first thing we need to be clear of, even before we begin the mission, is to know what is this mission not about. In today's first reading, the disciples, at the end of 40 days, they were still unclear or mistaken about the mission that the Lord has been painfully trying to instruct them since his resurrection. They were still asking Jesus when he will restore the kingdom of Israel. The understanding was still a very political, nationalistic, and spatial understanding of the kingdom. Just like many of our Catholics. It is good that many of them are involved in humanitarian works. Help the poor, help the sick. Certainly, this is part of the gospel message. But they think that the Christian message is fulfilled when we cater to the physical and material needs of those who are poor and suffering. They forget that the real gospel is directed 
Not so much just to the restoration of the body, but the salvation of souls. It is the eternal life that we are offering these people. We cannot reduce the Christian gospel simply to just a very earthly restoration of this kingdom. In Jesus' ascension to heaven, Jesus is telling us this is where we will be. A kingdom that transcends space and time. A kingdom that transcends nationalities, race, culture. That's why we are called Catholics. The gospel is for everyone. The gospel is for all of humanity. It's both for the body and the soul. Don't forget about the soul. Because today, too many are just living only for this world and for this life. And St. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 15, this is most pitiable. If our hope is only in this life, we are missing out the real gospel. That is why it's so important that we need to be aligned. That's why in today's second reading from St. Paul's letter to Ephesians, he speaks of the need to preserve the unity of the Spirit. There is one body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who is the Father of us all. As Catholics, we need to work in communion with each other, all must have the same vision and same mission. Otherwise, we'll be doing many things, but it is not for the gospel. It is not for the salvation of souls. We are not bringing about the establishment of the real kingdom of God. This world cannot last. And so it's very important that even before we begin the mission, this mission must be accomplished in communion. Unless all of us, we understand what this mission is all about, then we will know what formation we need, what kind of theological foundation we must have in order to motivate us correctly. That's why I said earlier, without proper theological foundation, then our motive in serving the church is purely humanitarian. And secondly, St. Paul tells us it's also very important for us not just to work together in unity with the same mission, it is important that we collaborate with each other, that we nurture the gifts that the Lord has given to all of us in the body of Christ. It is never about my organization, my choir, my ministry. It is about the one mission. And so it is very important that together as a body of Christ, we must empower each other, encourage each other, 
nurture the gifts of each other. No one has a monopoly of gifts. And all these gifts have to be brought together so that, St. Paul says, it can build up the body of Christ. So that together, we will grow to become the perfect man, fully mature with the fullness of Christ himself. Truly, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the only way we must proceed if we want truly the mission of Jesus to be realized on this earth. And finally, the most important, we are told we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes upon us only for those who pray. That's why, again, there are so many Catholics, they don't mind doing this, doing that. They're involved in so many activities, but they have no time for prayer, including priests and religious. That is why our, we lack power, we lack wisdom, we lack fortitude, we lack humility to really persevere in our mission. But my dear brothers and sisters, if we do it, then Jesus will empower us and he will make sure, as today's gospel tells us, the Lord working with them, confirming the word by the signs. Thanks for listening to The Shepherd's Voice, featuring His Grace, Archbishop William Goh. This podcast is brought to you by Catholic SG Radio.